Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, let me go to the hotline and welcome Tim English to the show. Tim, how are you doing, sir? Hey, good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Tim is promoting his book. It's called Sounds Like Teen Spirit, Stolen Melodies, Ripped Off Rigs, and the Secret History of Rock and Roll. It's available now at soundsliketeenspirit.com, uh, and it is it is basically about the plagiarism in rock and roll history. Now, we all know about Led Zeppelin and the upcoming uh, trial that they have. This is not the first for Led Zeppelin, though, right? They've been accused a couple of times. Yeah, it's not even the most blatant example, I would say. In the case of Stairway to Heaven here in the Spirit Song Chorus, probably talking about a quarter of the song Stairway to Heaven at most, maybe the introduction, uh, the guitar figure that uh, takes place in the introduction. But a couple of their other really famous songs, I mean, arguably the second most famous would be Whole Lot of Love. I mean, that now carries a songwriting credit for uh, Willie Dixon, who wrote the song uh, Muddy Waters did it, and then later the Small Faces, uh, You Need Love, back in the 60s. And, right. Uh, that really appropriated not only the music from that, but also the words. Another famous Zeppelin song, Dazed and Confused, now carries a credit of inspiration by Jake Holmes. That song was pretty much lifted wholesale from a song that Holmes did in 1967. So, yeah, there's a long history of this. But, you know, in the pretrial uh, motions, uh, Mike, uh, Zeppelin's gotten that thrown out where they won't be able to, uh, uh, you know, the plaintiffs won't be able to present the, the, uh, the history of plagiarism there. So that was a pretty... Uh, big victory, I think. It's It's got their history. Their history of plagiarism won't enter in this new case. No, it won't. Okay. But, uh, but the, we, we, I, not, I don't know. As you're saying all these, we've played those over time. I, I, every song that you mentioned, I know we, we at one point have, have compared it and listened to it. How much of that do you think uh, with them is is flat out plagiarism and how much is just artists you know, having the same sort of or hearing a song at one time, kind of forgetting that they heard it and then it, it coming up in one of their songs. Well, in Zeppelin's case, it's interesting, because in the, the first album, they did record two Willie Dixon songs, uh, uh, I Can't Baby and You Shook Me, and they did credit Willie Dixon. But then when you get to the second album, they failed to credit him, not only for Whole Lot of Love, but also for Bring It On Home. So, I don't know, I just find that kind of strange. It, uh, certainly they knew that these were Willie Dixon songs, but uh, just by the second album, they failed to credit him. Uh, but, uh, you know, Jimmy Page would say, uh, to be fair, that if you listen to the Zeppelin recordings, they have a whole lot of love in the original Willie Dixon, You Need Love. It's totally different. And he's right. I mean, Zeppelin took it to a, a whole other level with their recording. So uh, he said, well, it's Robert Plant's fault. He was supposed to change the words. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't would you put that more on the whoever's publishing and the record uh, company that's putting out the... Uh, the record, and for them to have the stuff on there, the different names, if they're credited on there? Well, it's interesting. And then there's another case on the first album of Babe, I Want to Leave You, and that was created, uh, that was credited on the album through traditional arrangement by Jimmy Page, meaning he would get the royalties on it. Uh, they, they had gotten that from a Joan Baez album, and the Joan Baez did not have it credited properly. It turned out it was under copyright to a folk singer in California named Ann Breeden. So, you know, in that case, uh, pe- people 
use that against Zeppelin, but I think that might have been more of a misunderstanding. But, you know, this practice of not crediting these old blues songs was actually kind of common back then, because, like, when the Small Faces recorded You Need Lovin', which was the basis for A Whole Lot of Love, they didn't. They took Marriott and Lane of the Small Faces took credit for it. Uh, in Jeff Beck's first album, uh, he and Rod Stewart rewrote a couple of B.B. King songs and credited, used the moniker and credited themselves for those songs. So... There was a lot of that going on. I mean, Zeppelin were not the only ones, but that's probably the most prominent and most successful. Nowadays, who do you think is the most guilty? Because I got to tell you, uh, Coldplay seems like they're they're just trying to get away with it at this point. <laughs> they- you know, it's amazing, uh, Mike. Uh, Vita La Vita, uh, the Coldplay song, which apparently ripped off uh, Joe Satriani's song uh, called If I Could Fly from 2004. Yes. Uh, that, song, that not only won Record of the Year in 2009, it won Song of the Year, which goes to the songwriters. And uh, the uh, a year ago, they gave the Song of the Year award to Sam Smith and his co-writers for Stay With Me. And anybody who's listened to any rock and roll knows that that was just a slowed-down version of Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. But you you know what, though? That, that's such a remedial tune and and the song has nothing like i give sam smith credit before the other guys like that viva la vida and that joe satriani song are almost identical and then when you when then there's the other story you're familiar with that with the with the college band or the indie band that uh that that, you know their song sounds even more like it and chris martin went to go see them in concert well, I thought they never got anywhere with their suit, though, because they, they, they had an access case on that one where trying to prove that um, that um, Coldplay had heard the song. Of course, you got to prove to prove any of these cases. You got to prove that the person accused of doing the ceiling could have heard the song. For that reason, anybody who's a rock star will have a policy where they put up a wall around themselves and say, "We're not listening to any outside <laughs> material." That yeah. way, if a guy out in Montana, you know, says, "Hey, you ripped off my song, man! I sent it to you three years ago." And he's saying, "Sorry, goodbye, go home." We have a policy; we don't listen to outside material. Yeah, you know, most of these cases, even the Satriani, twenty Coldplay and Sam Smith both said the same thing when confronted with these allegations. They said, "I never heard that song." Yeah. Well. You know, it doesn't really matter if you're violating a copyright of something that was widely disseminated, uh, you're you're liable for it. I, I think a lot of times, I mean, I'm assuming uh, that the, the, especially in Satriani's case, most likely you didn't hear that song. It's not there. He's not very popular. But if you're a guitar player and you're into Satriani, you may have heard it one time and you may have been noodling one day and you go, hey, how about this? And you play it, and you don't realize that you're borrowing from a song that you heard prior. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, my brother played guitar, I played drums, and we were jamming in our garage one day with our band, and we're writing, like, coming up with this melody, and we write this song, and we figured out that it was knocking on heaven's door. Yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, once once our singer started singing, we go, oh, that's right, Dylan already did that. (laughs) But I believe some some artists do that, and some artists just try to get away with it. In Led Zeppelin's case, in the early days, with the the Willie Dixon song, it seemed like they tried to get away with it. What other bands are, are uh, guilty of plagiarism? Well, I mean, in recent times, uh, Green Day has quite a few songs which are uh, pretty close to other songs. Uh, Oasis or uh, another one, they've uh, done this often. They've ended up paying royalties uh, to other people on quite a few songs. Um, I would say in recent times, those are uh, the uh, two main offenders. But in the book, I look at not only uh, cases that went to trial, but just also try to look back at, you know, who influenced the Beatles, who influenced the Stones, Dylan, uh, you know, where did they get some of their ideas, and uh, try to point people. The great thing about this now is it's kind of an interactive thing, because everybody can listen to these songs, no matter how obscure some of the source material is on YouTube, and 
kind of play, hear them for themselves. That's the thing, and, and uh, artists should be happy with that. It's harder to steal from other artists because you could just go, like, I never heard of the, the Satriani song or the other song that Coldplay supposedly stole from, but because YouTube is there, not only can you can you go listen to it, but you can hear people do the uh, the overlaying comparisons <laughs> to them. Nickelback, uh, ironically, stole all their other songs. All their songs were just one song that they just keep stealing <laughs> yeah. over and over again. Uh, this is Tim English yeah. who's on the phone with us. Tim's book is called Sounds Like Teen Spirit, Stolen Melodies, Ripped Off Rigs, and the Secret History of Rock and Roll. It's available at soundsliketeenspirit.com. I find this very interesting because I just think eventually people are going to run out of their own ideas anyway. Well, you know, rock people always ask me, hey, is this getting more common? And if you think about it, rock and roll is a genre that's been around for 60 years now, and it's kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> there's so, only so much you can do with uh, three or four or five chords and, uh, you know, the notes that you have available. But I don't know. I think it's gotten a little more blatant. Uh, you know, like when people do rip off a song, they don't rip off something obscure. They rip off something that everybody knows. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, in the case of Alan Thicke, uh, Robin Thicke, rather, you know, they got that. The reason a lot of these get settled before they go to trial is because you get these in front of a jury, and who knows what a jury of non-musicians is going to That Robin Thicke one, I thought, I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was ridiculous. I didn't think they, didn't think they sounded very much alike at all, but uh, he made the same mistake John Lennon did in one way. I mean, he, he gave an interview where he said, yeah, I baseboard lines on my favorite song of all time. Marvin Gaye's got to give it up. <laughs> so, you know, the lawyers got that took notice of that just like uh, john lennon gave an interview he said he was jamming on you know he was writing his own songs he jammed on somebody else's song and then writing come together he was jamming on chuck berry's uh, you can't catch me and of course the lawyers took notice of that john left a line or two in uh, for a lyric of two in the song and uh, he ended up having to uh, settle that one out of court by recording three of the publisher's songs so yeah if you are going to take somebody else's song uh, keep it to yourself so we can <laughs> an interview have the Rolling Stones been been accused? I heard you mention them because they'll tell you right right out flat out that they loved all that uh, old bluesy black music that didn't really get uh, any commercial popularity. Yeah, they some of their songs uh, are like if you have to be a pretty hardcore Stones fan, some of the ones they cover. But the last time that was taken from a, a Staple Singer song of all things. Uh, from 1961 called This May Be the Last Time. Both <laughs> the melody and the words are very similar there. Both Mick and Keith have admitted it. And, um, you know, but, you know, one of the things to kind of show in the book is that people, you know, creative people, especially these musical geniuses, I mean, they listen to a lot of different stuff. I mean, who would think that a couple of guys in London would be listening to, uh, you know, black gospel music? Right. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were. Likewise, uh, the Beatles, I mean, two Beatles songs, I Feel Fine, that was the riff there was taken from a very obscure record called Watch Your Step by uh, American blues guy named Bobby Parker. Um, and the intro would blow your mind if you listen to the, the song called Do Unto Others by a guy called Pee Wee Creighton. It's the exact same intro as the Beatles used on Revolution. It's really amazing. Uh, so the shows that were music fans and listening to some really obscure stuff well, I mean, certainly the Beatles have plenty of other uh, hits to keep them the the you know the legends that they are. But they they have done. I mean, George Harrison didn't he have like one of the biggest settlements for stealing from the uh, from the Motown song? Yeah, he certainly did. The old uh, Chiffon song, uh, He's So Fine, and uh, similarity when My Sweet Lord was a big hit in early 71. It was the American DJs that started playing it back-to-back with uh, He's So Fine and commenting on the uh, similarities. In his defense, George said that uh, the song had been, he had produced Billy Preston's recording of My Sweet Lord, which came out before George's did, and he said, well, if it was dependent on being a hit because of the musical similarities that he's so fine, how come 
Louis Preston song. Yeah. Was the big, <laughs> that my song was the fact that the guy was in the biggest band in the world, the Beatles. Uh, George also said that he was actually trying to imitate uh, Oh Happy Day, the Edward Hawkins singer's song with that. But yeah, you're right. He ended up, uh, in the initial, that case lingered on in, in court for, believe it or not, like 20 years, almost to the time that George passed away in uh, 2001. And, um, you know, the initial judgment, though, was for over uh, half a million dollars. Man, we should write a song and let somebody steal it. Yeah, well, I remember <laughs> a, a while back where John Fogarty was getting sued because he ripped off one of his own songs. Yeah. Yeah, probably one of the more bizarre cases I cover in the book. Uh, this really had to, it got kind of got caught in because he was in a <clears throat> really decades-long feud with a guy named Saul Zaints, who was the head of Fantasy Records. And as a young man, Fogarty had signed a really bad publishing deal where uh, Zaints ended up owning his publishing. That's why Fogarty didn't perform any Creedence songs for many, many years. But this kind of got dragged into a defamation case on his center field album. He, he recorded two songs uh, really, you know, skewering this guy, Saul Zaints. And uh, Zaints, in suing in the defamation suit, said, well, he also ripped off uh, the old man down the road on his center field album was a rip off of the Creedence song, Run Through the Jungle. So <laughs> welcome to the music business, guys, yeah. where yeah. you can get sued for ripping off your own song. No kidding. <laughs> That's crazy. But uh, it's so funny because I was joking, but Nickelback is one of those bands that just keeps doing the same song over and oh, over yeah. again, <laughs> if it works. Uh, well, Tim, I got to tell you, it's, I find this stuff to be very interesting. Uh, again, the book is called Sounds Like Teen Spirit, Stolen Melodies, Ripped Off Rigs, and the uh, secret history of rock and roll, and it is available now. It sounds like teenspirit.com. You can get all the information there. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you, and uh, how do you think it's going to end up for Led Zeppelin? Well, I saw uh, just last week they postponed this trial. It was supposed to open tomorrow. Now it's slated for June 14th. As I said, Zeppelin, not only did they get the past accusations thrown out, but they, they're not going to be able to play the recordings of the songs either. Uh, they have going to be relying on the sheet music. So, uh, you know, I think it's we're getting to be a little more of a long shot for the plaintiffs here, but we'll see. It'll not be, very fair. That's not very fair to the uh, to the original artists if you don't get to play this music. But I will right, we'll keep an eye on it. Tim, thank you for joining the show. It was uh, interesting to talk to you. My pleasure. Thank you, Mike. All right, pal. There you go.